Find me? Marchwood repeated, slightly confused. I was not hiding, my dear. Stuff and nonsense. Lady Audrey pushed away his words with a flap of her hands. She marched into the room and sternly deposited herself in the chair by the bed, in full view of both her father and his valet. She was wearing a beautiful dress, green as ivy, with the palest lace trimming the open cuffs of her sleeves and around the bodice. She wore no jewellery, but then the Lady Audrey of Marchwood never needed any artificial adornment. "'My dear,' her father said genially, turning around as she walked across the room, "'I am dressing for dinner. The gong has gone, you know, and I would not want to be late.' "'Stuff and nonsense,' Lady Audrey said decidedly, but there was hesitation in her tone. "'You know full well, father, that we have not finished the discussion that we began in the coach, and I am determined to finish it now, in time for us to return back home.' The Marchwoods' residence in Scotchmore Castle had been decided before the summer was out, though it had taken Marchwood rather longer than that to break the news to his daughter. He knew her disappointment of missing her friends in Bath over the festive season would be severe. Thomas kept to the back of the room, unobtrusively folding the myriad of clothes that the Viscount had not chosen to wear that evening. It would do no good for him to be caught in this particular argument. It was one that he had heard frequently before, and he knew before it even began that neither Marchwood was going to budge. The Viscount's daughter had inherited every single iota of her father's stubbornness. "'My darling child,' Marchwood said wearily, tugging at his cravat, twisting it into a crooked position to the left, and then the right in quick succession— you know that we have come here to Scotchmore Castle for a reason. I do not see what was lacking from our home. The fire in Lady Audrey's eyes blazed. It was the one feature that all who met her always commented on, the colour of her eyes. At once green and blue, they were like opals, constantly changing the more that they moved. The fire in them, on the other hand, only appeared in situations such as these, when Lady Audrey was beside herself with rage. I demand that you tell me exactly why we have travelled to this cold and uninviting land, and to this unfortunate castle with... Really, father? I have never encountered such an irritating butler in all my life. Now, Audrey, do not fret. I merely thought that this year we would make our Christmas ball that much more special by having it here in the wilds of Scotland. I have not brought you here out of the way of our friends and family for long. They shall all be joining us before the week is out. Lady Audrey's left eyebrow was raised suspiciously. Join us here? The Viscount sighed and shook his head slightly. "'Child, you are now eighteen years old. "'This is a momentous time for any young person, "'but for a young lady it marks the time "'when she is to be considered no longer a child. "'But a woman, a woman ready to marry.' "'Lady Audrey snorted, disbelief in every feature of her face. "'Stuff and nonsense! "'Why, there are plenty of my friends "'who are over that august age.' 
and they have not been forced by their parents into a matrimonial suit that only benefits them. I do not force you into marriage, Marchwood said. In many ways, far from it. I will be bereft when I lose you, my dear, and yet that is exactly what must happen. You know that this Christmas ball could be our last. Lady Audrey winced slightly. She had never seen fit to speak to her father directly about the mutterings that she had heard about his finances. It was true she had never felt particularly the lack of money that all around them spoke about in hushed tones. But then her father was probably depriving himself for her benefit. Having said that, Lady Audrey thought resolutely. A mere lack of economic prosperity was not enough of a reason to force her into the marriage bed quite yet. 